0: From an early age, we are taught to fear the unknown, to be afraid of what we do not understand. Well, you're about to discover that what you do know can not only hurt you, but can scare you to death! (laughs) Thirteen authors from around the world have been assembled to explore the very notion that learning about the unknown can have terrifying results. The Wicked Library presents 13 Wicked Tales. Our first anthology featuring Stephanie M. Wytovich, Jessica McHugh, KB Goddard, Lydia Peaver, and so many others. With an introduction from Daniel Foytek, and new artwork from Jeanette Andromeda, not to mention an intro from yours truly. (laughs) Step inside, kiddies. It's story time at the Wicked Library. Available in paperback and Kindle on Amazon.com. <laughs> learn what you fear and fear what you learn. <laughs>
2: Today, my guest is the great Jessica McHugh. And (laughs) that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah. So, so we uh, just recently aired one of your episodes. We used to do this kind of back to back, but um, broke it up into two kind of segments so that, you know, uh, folks can listen to the story first, meaning the authors can hear the story first and, and, and know kind of what we did with it. Because the way we used to do it, we were kind of operating blind, right? yeah yeah so this time you've actually gotten to hear your story before we talk and uh (laughs) i guess that that gives us a little bit of a different perspective i guess my first question is would you what did you think
1: Oh, my gosh. like I I was just like beaming the entire time <laughs> I, I I just really loved what you the atmosphere that was created from um you know the the narration and also the the music was just
2: whew. <laughs> yeah, Denise was fantastic. She did a great job. She's yeah. actually gonna be at her live show, so she's relatively oh, new to the amazing. show. Yeah. yeah, and she's, she
1: is so good. Yeah,
2: she she did a great job. Um, and and she's also going to be a recurring character on uh, the lift this season.
1: So, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff in uh, Amity and Bloom that is not easy to say. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's always.
1: Like vernacular, but also, um, oh, yeah, you know, just what people are comfortable saying,
2: right? Exactly. <laughs> I had mentioned that to her whenever I sent the story to her because she's, you know, just started working with us. And I said, well, uh, some of the language might be a little, little much for you. If, if, if it is, you just let me know. But, uh, you know, Jessica does tell a great story and she, she <laughs> loved the story. So, you know, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: That was, a... Uh an absolute delight and and the fact that it is one of my favorite stories i've ever written certainly in the top 3 um and it was the original in the original run when i did a story a week
2: oh, okay. back in
1: uh, 2014 wow when i wrote that story i was and i was pretty far in i think that was um it was in the 30s or 40s of <laughs> you know <laughs> it was definitely close to the end because yeah. I was at that point just taking whatever um, news articles or whatever crossed Facebook or at that time and I I had seen something about the uh, recovery of the gentleman's directory which was a um, or no it was it, it was something that yeah there was something in a the museum they had found pages of it the gentleman's directory was like a brothel guide and uh, d- it was for men that were traveling in New York and they could find the best brothels and, and you know what the ladies did and it got real filthy like in the book <laughs> and, that's uh, fantastic Well, Miss Jenny Krieg is uh, is literally right out of the gentleman's directory. I quote I quote it in a couple places. And that's that's genuine. That is historically accurate. So I just assume the rest of the the rest of the story is as well. It
2: absolutely has to be. (laughs) So so just so everybody knows, what era is this from?
1: Um, so this, oh gosh, I hate this. Uh, it's the late, it's the late 1800s. So, um, I think it's 1883, uh, and, and forgive me if I don't get it correctly, but oof. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like 20 stories away from that.
2: (laughs) It's, it's funny because, you know, I think a lot of people are shocked by things that occurred in the past. We don't change very much at all. I mean, it's like all this stuff is... You, you figure in the past everybody was very straight laced, but you know, oh, people yeah, people no. still had sex. People still oh. did all this stuff
1: Well it was way more depraved even because yeah. like people weren't even allowed to like do orals like oral sex was super scandalous. So if you can't even do that or if you can't even like you know make out with the lady you like in public, like of course you're going to go stick, like, a bottle up your ass and have, like, two people, two ladies beating you while, you know, someone else does, like, a mime show. Like, you're really, you're like, just going to go whole hog with it. Like, they're people nasty. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, old-timey people especially, they're way nasty.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's always a surprise, I think, whenever you find out just, like, how dark some of the stuff was.
1: Um, Yeah. Like anybody who's listening to this, please go look up the gentleman's directory. And, um, and also like a lot of it um, that the, the literature that was put out that time for men traveling in New York, um, it was basically like a menu that you could get and it, the the names for some of the sex acts are just straight up filthy and wonderful
2: <laughs> uh, I think
1: it's, it's if you're gonna get lost in like a rabbit hole of like weirdness one day on YouTube you might as well just go right into the gentleman's directory it's more interesting
2: <laughs> yeah I think that I had sent you a message whenever I was editing this it's <laughs> like I love the language in here
1: that yeah and that was um that was a really cool uh, site I found called the Rogues Lexicon, where you could look up a, a certain um, kind of 30, a 50-year period, and and you could look up specific words, um, and it would give you alternates. I didn't want to go full out on it, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want every, like, third word to be, like, a ridiculous, old-timey word, which was difficult, because I did in my heart want to do exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of my, bone box is my favorite. Shut your bone box is oh, yeah. still it's my great. favorite thing to say.
2: <laughs> that's tremendous. Yeah, some of those phrases need to make a reappearance in our language.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's true. I, I was also at the time I had found, um, uh, I spent a lot of time looking over slang terms for genitals throughout the centuries. Yeah. Um yeah and there there were certainly uh, yeah a lot of them appear in in the story but uh, there were some ridiculous ones
2: <laughs> So what's I your just, favorite? I well,
1: I I can't even I can't even remember some of my all I know is like the, the like for females it's like just always like the pocket for the the thing. It's like the reverse of the man thing. It's just like come on. That's it's, like, it's never its own thing. Like it's never just
2: That's funny. It's yeah it's ridiculous.
1: But uh but there were yeah, there are some ridiculous ones. I wish I could I should have done a refresher of my old-timey genitals before this interview, and I apologize for that.
2: Ah, you're fine. <laughs> so, 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 what made you dive into this particular rabbit hole? It's a little bit different from a lot of the other stuff that you've done in certain ways.
1: Um. Well, I, uh, well, like I said, I had written uh, basically the the bones of this story during a Story a Week. You know, everything I wrote during that time was not really a very you know solid story. Um, and, you know, so it's really great to always have that kind of bank to go back to and you just have to add meat to it. And this was, um, they were doing, uh, uh, Nightscape Press was doing Ashes and Entropy and, uh, Rob, uh, Bob asked me to submit something and i uh i was kind of looking through my stuff and it it had to be uh lovecraftian cosmic horror Mm -hmm. and uh that this story was not quite that in the beginning but it uh it served uh it served it very well as i kind of looked at it and kind of started to Play with it and see if it could kind of mold that way, and yeah, it landed itself very nicely um, because it was already about a freak show uh, across from a a bordello, and Mm -hmm. um, I basically uh, the the, I don't I don't want to spoil anything. I I assume people have. Yeah, if they haven't,
2: then stop now. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like. The, the interconnected kind of like root system that definitely came later mm-hmm. um uh yeah the rose uh stuff came later and um just kind of like the atmosphere i built uh because you know i just had the bones anyway so i hadn't really built the world right and proper mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning so it was kind of easy to uh just have that spine and then build a cosmic horror kind of uh flesh around it
2: yeah yeah where you have that that story that's taking place and it's strange enough in and of itself and then <laughs> below that you have that other layer of of high strangeness
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and it was it was a lot of fun if not a little frustrating just because <laughs> i i get frustrated writing um any any kind of even alternate history just because i'm so scared people are going to be like well you you got the date and they didn't have that kind of petticoat yeah <laughs> like you know
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> it's a multiverse right in your in your version of the universe they did so that's
1: yeah funny. yeah yeah
2: that, that's the uh that's the takeaway with writing speculative fiction and horror is that it doesn't have to be our universe
1: well, I, I like to think so, yeah. but you know, you have sticklers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have, you have, you have to have enough of familiarity with what right. we recognize to, to kind of lead into that unbelievable stuff towards the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that...
1: Yeah, exactly. That is, used to, the, that is the art of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I used to get really... I used to worry a lot about that, too, like little tiny details, like, oh, I'm a year off on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most people aren't going to pick up.
1: Yeah. Well, you, you're kind of trying to, yeah, you're, you're trying to entrance them into not thinking about it. Exactly. You're like, you exactly. don't want to just put this over here in a little box. You can worry about that later. That's right. But now let me take you on a journey of magic and wonder. That's right.
2: Because it's a story, and a story is just a big box of lies anyway, so. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. It, 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 the, they didn't have petticoats in that year, but they did have huge cosmic horror creatures in basements. That part they I buy did. into. Right. yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you said that this kind of started out as like the bones of a story. What whenever you started working on it again, what, what was surprising to you about it? Cuz I think that's that's always a fun thing when you revisit an old story and you look at it and you're like, "Oh, you know what? This is good here because
1: Um I well I think the lang- the the language and the um just the the voice of yeah. it um was Something that was not very strong in the original. It might not have even been first person. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, yeah. So that changed in a huge way. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, I think it was just that I I liked it enough. Uh, in Story a Week, it was one of my favorite ones that I that I wrote, and and I always wanted to go back to it, but it just it didn't really have any um, substance. Uh, it was it felt slightly unfinished. Uh, the whole ending is new. Mm-hmm. That certainly was not the way it ended, though I can't remember the way it ended. It might not have ended. I might have not quite finished it. It's <laughs> just kind of Everybody's trailed like, off. And then they all die. That's
2: um. right. <laughs> and the gentleman shows up.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I have the original uh, saved somewhere, but at this point it's like, ugh, why? Because it's so much better now. Um, yeah, that that's what surprised me was the playfulness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think it read... The, that way, um, but I just loved I loved the idea of the freak show and like them most most of them being like gaffes and mm-hmm. um, the I mean I think the the first few lines are original. Well, you know me, I like a good first line. Oh yeah. <laughs> so right. I think I think that was the way it started <laughs> originally. So uh, I think a lot of that that beginning is the same. Yeah.
2: Each character kind of has their own thing going on. Where you you get, even though you don't get a ton of backstory on everybody, you, you get this sense that there's this thing that's been going on for a long time, right?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's almost like it's uh, like a legacy. Yeah.
2: It gets passed down, as it were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, a <laughs> that was that was for sure something that got uh, added in and, and built up, uh, as well as a lot of the stuff with uh with Mama and uh, and her her place in the house and what it means to the to the legacy in the house. So <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff um, was I thought uh, when I was thinking stuff in a cosmic horror bent. That seemed like stuff that really uh, lended itself to that and that was really fun to play with. Yeah. You know, just I I wish I could have gone. I, I feel like I could have written at least a novella about like this entire world. Because yeah. I would have loved to go more in about all the different kids. Because, I mean, that would have been great.
2: Oh, yeah. That's I, one of the things yeah. that gives you that uh reality whenever things are so unreal is getting these characters yeah. that are so interesting and feel I mean like.
1: right like a gaff freak show like it's a hard knock life right. like I yeah that's like totally my toast and jam I would have loved it
2: that's awesome that's awesome and this uh particular story actually ended up on a recommended list didn't it
1: yeah yeah it ended up in uh uh Ellen datlow's um the uh, best horror of 2019, and I'm not. I, it was on the recommended list, yeah, and I. I it's the first time that's ever happened that's awesome. for me. So <laughs> that was a. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty exciting, and I, I had another one on that list too, uh, from Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing's uh, Lost Films, Things mm-hmm. She Left in the Woods, and that was another kind of like weird cosmic horror ish. Cause everything is supposed to be like film and like video and yeah, it's creepy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you definitely know how to do the creepy. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was a lot of fun to, to do it and put it together. And, you know, like I said, it was, it was a big surprise, like right before we put the episode out that, you know, you ended up on that list and I'm like, well, guess yeah. what everybody.
1: Yeah. 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 i I've, I, I can't tell you how much... Well, I've enjoyed every single story of mine that you guys have done. Yeah. It's, it's They're always amazing. But I seriously was, uh, you know, it'd been a little bit since I read that story, so I was kind of on the edge of my seat because <laughs> couldn't quite remember what happened. <laughs>
2: That's always and fun. I was like, oh my god! Yeah, it was. Uh, it,
1: it was thrilling. I was. Re- I like. I totally had like a major adrenaline high afterwards.
2: It's awesome. <laughs>
1: Which I think is is definitely good for any horror podcast. Well,
2: yeah. D- Denise and Nico will both be happy. Nico for the music, and of course Denise oh, for all the acting.
1: So good. Yes, it was just. Oh, I loved it so much.
2: Yeah, I know. Denise said she had a good time with it too because she got to to play so many different characters. And, yeah. uh, you know, try to make each one distinct from the others.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed her uh, pinky.
2: Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Did a great job with her, right?
1: Also, I was like, gross. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I was like, ew. Oh, what? Ew. Uh, I was like, why is it so gross? Yeah. <laughs> And then oh, Dave walked out of the room when we were listening to, it, and he came back. And he's like, "What did I miss?" And I was like, "I don't know. Probably some like black pus things are gonna explode." Ugh, it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like black seeds, like explode. Ugh.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just weird,
1: huh? <laughs> like, oh wait, I, I wrote it. Ugh, ugh, yeah. ugh. Gross. Past Jessica is nasty too.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fine. So glad I've matured so much. Yeah, right, right. So, so, so I don't want to, I don't want to reveal uh, any of the story because it just came out like two days ago. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to make sure that fans of the show know that you have a story in the the first ever written anthology for the Wicked yeah. Library. Yay!
1: Uh, yeah. A story yes. called
2: "Spotting" that was written just for just for the book.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I I really enjoyed writing this story, um, and it has haunted me ever since. Really? That's yeah. That's awesome.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> like it is my living. I basically, you know, you guys asked for stories you know in places of knowledge and mm-hmm. i i work as a tour guide yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> um so i i was like what better than to sit it on a tour and ever since i wrote it like i have just been like all the things that are not all the things that happen in the story but like the i think the weekend after i submitted it like all the things not I keep saying all the things a lot of <laughs> a lot of the things it felt like all the things were happening to me,
2: yeah, yeah <laughs> you've created a new reality for yourself
1: it was i I you know I couldn't get a hold of anyone. It was raining. It was just like a miserable day and <laughs> i I was I was terrified. I was terrified that the story was gonna play out.
2: I shouldn't Man, laugh, but that's funny because I've been yeah. in that situation before too. You're like, "Holy shit!" I read about th- or I wrote about this.
1: Mm-hmm. Either. I was I was really scared that I had written my fate. <laughs> Luckily, it has not played you out are yet. Fine. Thank but God. Uh, what's what's funny is uh, for anyone who's uh, please do buy the anthology and uh, and when you read the story, know that only one of the things that happens on that tour has not happened
2: to me only uh, one we'll have to have people guess what it is mm-hmm see there you go it's a game now folks go out and buy the book <laughs> now it's been a long time coming to, to, to get to that point I mean it, we've we've toy- I toyed with the idea at the very beginning whenever I took the show over from Nelson and uh, you know we had talked about it and uh, that was kind of where i wanted to build to with the show is to get to the point where we could put something out that allowed us to promote everybody from you know that we've worked with for so long and at the same time get something physical into the world because you know it's i was thinking about this the other day it's like everything that we do is is so digital you know the, the show itself is right. a podcast you listen to it it's digital there's nothing physical and there's finally that's that's why i'm kind of trying to encourage people to buy the the actual book as opposed to the kindle is because it's the only physical thing from the show that exists in the world now, which is I think pretty cool, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's not true because I, you know, there's artwork out there that people can buy. I have, uh, you know, some artwork.
2: Well, from, uh, they put it this way: it's the first book from the the library itself that is moving around. Yeah,
1: but everybody should buy artwork from anybody who creates art for the show, but also for the lift. Yeah. And, yeah, and and the music, of course, and the bowl. You could you could have them all.
2: Yes, the you could. Yes, you could. You could
1: be the Pokemon master. <laughs> of Wicked library. You gotta gotta <laughs> catch
2: them all. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we did do some princess stuff, uh, and I remember we sent you out a print.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's on, yeah, it's right on my on my wall of, uh, uh, we have a wall of uh, art created by friends and family. And yeah, it's right up there. It looks great. It's I love awesome. it. Every day I get to look at it and love it.
2: <laughs> so what's been going on aside from uh, writing stories for the anthology and us getting a story that was on a recommended list? Uh, what's been going on for you?
1: Um... You know, I'm I'm working real hard. I finished Hairs in the Hedgerow, baby.
2: Nice. Finished Which is the sequel to. It's,
1: it's been 25 years since I started. Hmm. <laughs> no, it's it's been like three, but whatever. Four. Um, I'm still real aged by it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's finished. It, it's uh it's coming out in January of 2020 um and yeah
2: <laughs> and, f- and for those who <laughs> may not know this oh
1: God, i gotta send them out um yeah that's but but that's done who he sigh of relief it's coming out it's amazing it's bonkers <laughs> like seriously, if you if you love the fact that the Universe is um body horror and fantasy and romance and sci-fi a mix of all these things then then you are going to love this seriously bonkers book that I wrote about a 70s cult um <laughs> Uh I uh I'm also I, I'm working on a couple different things that I can't talk about.
2: Oh ah, um, that's intriguing.
1: Yeah, I know, bummer. But I've been I've I'm also working out really hard on uh my blackout poetry, uh doing Frankenstein blackout poetry, which I I, you know, no details yet, but might be compiling into a book.
2: Ah, okay
1: that could be coming out and uh other than that i'm just really working on uh stuff for my my patreon page i do a uh a poll there every month and uh my patrons vote on where the setting is what the genre is so this month is horror for october of course and uh an abandoned town So I got to get working on that. And I also do the webworm stories, which that was my last uh, story a week. But now I'm kind of run out of them (laughs) (laughs) or run out of the ones that were finished. So I have to write new ones, which is uh, is not the easiest thing in the world because they're super weird. Um, And, yeah, it's a very like Lynchian kind of. ah yes. uh, uh kind of uh compound novel so all the short stories are very very strange and out of order Uh, so (laughs) I'm having to write them now like five years or no no like uh three a little over three years after I originally wrote them so yeah I'm doing I'm (laughs) trying Hmm. to do that um yeah other than that uh I oh oh I'm having some uh, stuff come out, uh, new green kangaroo stuff come out. Oh yeah, um, one of my most popular novels from uh, Perpetual Motion Machine, and uh, there it's going to be the book of the month on the Splat- Splatter Club uh, group on Facebook. So we're going to be doing a big discussion over there, and there's going to be a lot of new content and uh, exclusive reveals. So, yeah very cool. All the, the whole month of November. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really really fun. So people should come check it out.
2: Absolutely should. So I wanted to ask too, what um Oh, no, I've just completely lost my train of thought because no, something okay. shiny
1: can derail anyone. Just like that train in Boston.
2: <laughs> I was going gonna- like- to um, yeah, so where was I going? Oh, I know where I was going. Um, so we do get a lot of feedback on on you from other authors or from aspiring authors. I think that what? one of the folks that's in our anthology, um, Kelly Perkins, I think that you're one of her role models. So I <laughs> so I always like to always like to talk to you about advice that you have for writers because I mean we always we change constantly in terms of how we write and what we learn and you know what our what works for us and what our routines are i think we continue to hone our craft so every time i talk to you i always like to check in and see what new tips or ideas thoughts and suggestions you have for authors that are aspiring to reach the mq level of success
1: <laughs> um yeah actually it's a that's a great question because my routine and my attitude and my drive and my passion has changed so much um, over the years uh, you know this is just in July was my 11th year as a published author and <laughs> I just I sometimes I look back on you know how how bright eyed and I bushy tailed, I was about it all and very, you know, positive, even though I was still kind of like cynical. Um, and I still feel like I am that bright person, but in a different way. Um, just because I, I feel like this industry is going to beat you down. Um, and it's, it's going to feel a lot of times like what you're doing doesn't matter. um, and, and basically what's keeping you going forward is your drive and your passion and your love for it. But then something happens, you know, for me, it was, uh, the death of my cat, but like, you know, it could be the death of a parent or, I mean, it could be just, you know, depression setting it, something happens and, and you'll f- the thing that was keeping you driving forward may not be as strong as it was. It certainly was for me. And it's been a struggle since then. And it's almost been four years. And I really only feel like now, even though I've continued working and, uh, you know, I, (laughs) I don't hit my deadlines as well as I used to. I'll tell you that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, and also, this is just getting older. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm old by any means, but I I I, I turn 37 next month, and you know, uh, I'm certainly not 22 writing happy fantasy novels. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I was, you know, uh, <laughs> it's totally who I was. Um, but I I think when those times come that you are. Struggling uh, to find reasons, you you just need to listen to what your body is telling you. Um, sometimes, sometimes you shouldn't soldier on as far as like pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just really damaging, um, and you just need to listen. If you feel like you know you're worse without art in your life or without writing in your life. You need to write just, you know, find a minute for it. Cause you know, you might find it's a huge healing thing. When I was going through some, you know, troubles uh, earlier this year and people reached out and helped, helped in a huge way. The way that I decided to pay them back was by doing blackout poetry. And I had never done it before. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I suck at it probably it it has been one of my most lucrative
2: <laughs> wow that's awesome
1: in my life it, it, I and I enjoy it it's and it just it's it's such a great thing especially when I'm writing and I feel that moment I was like oh I can't write anymore but I feel like I want to do you know something
0: mm-hmm.
1: Just like, I need to let my mind rest on writing, but I can do the blackout poetry as a way to kind of satiate, you know, that need to make something, which I think a lot of artists probably have that weird obsessive, like, make, make, why yes. your hands so still? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, you know? Um, yeah, so I can do that and then kind of zone out on the the coloring and the whatever. Um, even though I, I much enjoy doing the poetry more than the coloring, um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's so it's so strange. I don't feel like the same person I was as an artist five years ago. Yeah. Um, four years ago, uh, I don't feel like the same person I was an artist a year ago. Uh, I think that's probably. The way it goes, yeah, um, absolutely. Life, life, you know, the world turns on a dime. Um, life changes. The older you get, the more people you're gonna lose. The more people you're that are gonna come into your life. Even, you know. Uh, th- th- things change the world is fucking crazy right now
2: yeah absolutely you can't even
1: write satire you can't write dystopia (laughs) like those people are out of a job (laughs) 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 um yeah it's just you just kind of gotta go go with the flow if you're not feeling into it do a different art thing you know, if that's not working, maybe try something else. Whatever, whatever you do, if you feel the urge to make, do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, whether it's just slapping, slapping your hand on like paint, finger painting.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel that a lot of times too. I mean, because art is, is, it's beautiful and it's fun and it's, you know, it's. Uh, there's a Real thrill. Art. Yeah, there's a thrill to to creating something and to making something, but there's also a lot of pressure too. I mean, I think that you get to a point sometimes yeah. where, you know, you feel like you have to keep making and you have to keep making and, and you pile yeah. and pile and eventually Absolutely. it becomes a burden where, you know, it's it's okay, you know, you have to give yourself permission to, you know, go for a walk or yeah. watch a movie or read a book or you know
1: you, yeah i mean and that that uh, that feeling is elsewhere i yeah. mean it's not the same as like making stuff but you can certainly find the same thrill and joy elsewhere and then it'll just lead you back give you the room yeah to create to feel that feeling again i mean i do uh gosh i feel like such an idiot <laughs> like just you know like, but i do a lot of yoga mm-hmm. um <laughs> and and i i spend a lot of time kind of Focusing on creating space in myself and in my life to be able to kind of allow things to bloom. You know, I feel like I spent a lot of the the last few years, you know, processing grief and going through depression and and, and panic attacks. I like wound so tight, you know. Um, so now I'm just kind of trying to to breathe to allow myself to breathe again yeah and in doing that I feel like um I feel like a lot of the stuff that I've written recently I think I think finishing hairs in the hedgerow was it was a huge relief as well um a lot of stuff I've written recently it kind of has that like uh more of a lightness to it yeah. I think so I, I I'm really excited actually for you know, what's to come. The thing that I'm, that I'm writing right now that I can't talk about is, is a lot of fun. And it's, uh, yeah, it's really allowing me to kind of get back into some YA stuff. So yeah. Yeah.
2: Nice. Very nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way life works, you know, things change and, you know, people and things move on and, uh, we have to give ourselves permission to do that too. You know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes when you're creating to I think you can lose sight of everything else Mm -hmm. and yeah, you forget to live, which is where art comes from. You know I mean? It's all this stuff that bubbles up inside you comes from some, from comes from exterior sources. Originally it kind of filters in and moves around in there. And uh, if we don't give ourselves permission to do that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also don't be afraid to cut the toxic shit out of your life. (laughs) Like if that's what, you know, is, is ruining you. Yeah. Well, make sure to, you know, kind of get a little, just watch the toxic shit, just as inspirato, and then run away, run away. <laughs> just right. grab a little bit of it for the stories and
2: run! <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs>
1: but also, you know, if you're in your 20s and you're hearing this, like, don't be discouraged because, you
2: know, I'm old and bitter. <laughs> I've lived a lot of life, kids. <laughs> i used to be like you
1: yeah no like you have like you have plenty of time to write like whatever actually i was gonna say you have you know in your 20s you can write whatever you want but that's not true write whatever you want no matter how old you are it doesn't matter just always write whatever you want
2: that's actually really really good advice
1: write to market for money if you want to make some money but also just write whatever you
2: want yeah yeah, you have to you have to like your story first before anybody else will, I think. <laughs> so what is the thing that attracts you most to writing horror and speculative fiction?
1: Oh, it's just the most fun. Yeah. It's the most fun for me. I don't um I mean, I've always been really big on description and I feel like horror just lends itself to a lot of fun description. Um words, colors, sounds, smells. It's got it all.
2: Yes, it does. (laughs) Black pimples.
1: Uh, Ah, y'all, black pimples. I know. (laughs) Ew, ew! Aren't they erupting like milky stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, There's some. There's some yummy parts in that story for sure. It it definitely categorizes itself as wicked, which is you know why it's on the show. I do love writing body horror. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh my god ew gross (laughs) oh you have nightmares now um yeah i i I don't know what it is um the first short stories i wrote were horror in in fourth grade um and real real gory um <laughs> so i i I have no idea where that where that comes from. I think I just watched probably a lot of horror as mm-hmm. as a kid and that's you know I just kind of glommed onto that and that's yeah, even though like i i I would have terrible nightmares <laughs> yeah. And I would watch, you know, when I was actually actively watching a horror movie, I'd be like, I don't want to see this. (laughs) Yet would still, you know, keep going back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just I really, really love it. I just default to horror. If I if I'm not starting out with a genre in mind, it always tends to just kind of slide into down a big bloody gullet of
2: horror. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot going on there. You know, I mean, it allows us to work through a lot of things. I think we we all have this dark, gooky stuff inside of us, and some of us are good at getting it out, and some of us aren't. And I think that you know that's why I, I constantly feel that the the writers that I meet, the horror and speculative fiction writers, are the most well balanced and kindest people, because they get all that gunk out.
1: Yeah, they really are really nice. But yeah, you're absolutely right that you know horror, the the metaphorical uh, images in horror just encapsulate the human conditions so well.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, it's just all these icky, gooey things. Ooh, love it. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> definitely a lot of metaphorical stuff happening in *Amity and Bloom*. So, you know, for, yeah, for, any, for anybody who didn't pick up on. The the, the 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 burgeoning womanhood uh, theme there yeah mm-hmm. yes what am I going to become? Mm. I feel so bad for that main character.
1: <laughs> I feel so bad for like at the end I was like oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go
1: see. She had to she had to look at all those gross black pimples and then like she. Mm.
2: Yeah, poor
1: kid. Like that writer's a bitch.
2: Yeah, who wrote that piece of shit anyway? Huh?
1: Oh, uh.
2: awful, awful.
1: <laughs> I do feel bad. I oh.
2: Yeah, I know. We we get real close to our characters. We feel bad when we do bad yeah, things to them. I really
1: like her a lot. Yeah. I do, and I I think that I
2: <laughs> maybe she didn't deserve that. Probably not probably not
1: no but I mean that's not that's not how the world works exactly not how the world would work at that time in that business so
2: (laughs) I don't think we deserve a lot of what's going on now either but you know
1: oh my gosh no no
2: no crazy stuff so what's your favorite piece of of uh fiction or or non-fiction that you've read recently
1: oh my gosh I'm trying to think, I wrote this um, this thing for a Lovecraftian. Uh, it was like a a round robin that I was doing for the Forbidden Futures. It was some Lovecraft festival. It was a one-off. I don't think it's ever going to be printed again. <laughs> But it was uh, it was really fun to write because I got to read uh, some you know um, Cody Goodfellow and Chris uh, Christine Morgan <laughs> like you know just really amazing uh, splatterpunk uh, authors and got to read their stories and write my part of it and it was a cool kind of round robin chain thing uh, awesome. that was a lot of yeah it was a lot of fun I I wrote about. Um, like the goat with a thousand children, uh, from Lovecraftian lore. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was really interesting, but, uh, I'm not even sure there's any way people can get access to it. <laughs> um, maybe I'll find a way if, it, if it'll be released. Um, what, uh, what have I written recently? I mean, I was really happy with hairs in the hedgerow was the big yeah. thing I finished recently. Like it I, I was uh, I was very happy. I'm very happy with the way it turned out. Um, it's definitely a, a huge a huge deal for me being a sequel. I've mm-hmm. written that many sequels, um, and uh, also because you know it, it it is the longest I've taken to write a novel in my entire life. Yeah, a oh, while. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It took a long time. And, uh, uh, you know, and that part of that was because the ending was such atrocious oh. nightmare because, you know, Tyler died in the middle of me
2: writing it. And I was like,
1: well, I'm just going to keep writing this. I'm sure it'll, won't it won't affected it negatively in any way.
2: <laughs> That's rough, man. The I...
1: ending was insane. <laughs> Like, I mean, the book is bonkers, but like the ending, like character showed up that had no reason being there. It was like the, it was like a Tarantino movie at the end. It's crazy. Like someday I'm going to release the original ending and, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It is the, the craziest thing because I was literally out of my mind with grief. Yeah. Like, it's it's hilarious to me now, like, reading it, where I was like, this is a fine idea.
2: This is fine. This is all fine.
1: It's, but, like, but at the time, you yeah. know, yeah. it was like, I can't focus. I have to focus on the book. Right. You know, I was in the middle of NaNoWriMo. I was like, if I focus on the book, I can't focus on, like, how much pain I'm in. Right. You know, so... For me, the best idea was plowing forward on this book. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? As therapy, I'm sure it was fine. But as for uh, a good plan for writing a novel, not the best. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because it had to be completely rewritten, um, and reconceived, and 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 a lot of stuff. And it took it took a long time. Uh, because, you know, then I had other obligations. I had other books I needed to write. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it took a long time for me to get back to it. But, you know, this past year and uh, you know, last year, I just, like, woo, <laughs> tacked Attack it!
2: <laughs> the juggling act is tough sometimes. It definitely is. Everybody's vying for your attention. You know, all the projects are vying for your attention. And I think that that can be, you know... That part, I think, can be a struggle sometimes for, for artists of any sort where you have so much stuff going on, you don't do anything. Because, yeah. You know. Uh,
1: yeah. That's, that's absolutely. Um, also, uh, you know, when you reach a point in the editing where, um, well, back, you know, I used to carry around, uh, print out all of my books and edit them by hand in a binder. Uh, my printer doesn't work anymore <laughs> <laughs> except for scanning. Um, so... I haven't been able to do that also I'm like oh my gosh it you know it really does take up so much time having this middleman of editing in a binder and then copying it back over like you know I it was fine for me during that one that point in my life it doesn't work anymore so I was I've been editing on the computer unfortunately my computer turns off when it's not plugged in. So it's pretty inconvenient when I'm, you know, not around a plug. I can't just pull out my computer and right. start working because I it, it has to be plugged in and there's not outlets everywhere. So that certainly caused a lot of problems. Yeah. I, you know, I had to be at home editing or I had to be somewhere that I knew there was an outlet. Right. So, I mean, a lot of that just got delayed and, you know, I just don't stay up as late as I used to. Like I said, getting older, like I used to stay up to all hours in the morning, uh, but not on the computer. You know, I would stay up with a binder and it was fine. Staying up with a computer, that doesn't work for me. I get tired. I get, it makes me fall asleep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The eye strain and everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you just got to adapt and, you know, I found little pockets of time when I could. Um, and I, like I said, I attacked it and would, would do, you know, many chapters a day. And, you know, then I find when I finally got to the auditory stage, baby, I was happy. I was leaning back with a glass of wine. (laughs) I was like, I am the greatest writer alive <laughs> <laughs> now it is now the longest novel I've ever written yeah it added in the edit and in the rewriting of the ending and the edit added 20,000 words Wow yeah it's it's my longest book it's so <laughs> and bonkers but amazing i really i think people are gonna are gonna dig it it's very uh
2: it's very mccue <laughs> that's awesome it's awesome so any 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 like- thoughts on when it's coming out any any guesstimate
1: yeah no it's it's gonna be um it's i i can't remember it's i think it's january 23rd or 21st uh
2: 2020 oh, okay
1: so, so real soon
2: yeah early next year that's awesome
1: yeah, it's coming out on um, uh, the fe- the feast day for Saint Agnes. Saint Agnes is a, uh, a prominent character in the book. Like I said, it's um it takes place in the in 1975 in California. It's uh, based around uh, a cult called the Choir of the Lamb. Um, and the for people who have read my my book Rabbits in the Garden, it's a sequel to that, and it's uh, the baby at the end of. Rabbits in the Garden is sixteen years old, and Hairs in the Hedgerow, and, and it follows her and uh, finding out all about who her her mother is, or who she says she is. And,
2: yeah. Ah, very nice. Very, mm-hmm. nice, very nice. Yeah,
1: it's gonna, it's a fun, it's a fun ride.
2: Well, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> So, where are, is the best place for fans of your work to interact with you and reach out and talk and that sort of stuff?
1: I mean, I I point people to Instagram and Twitter mostly these days. On both of them, I'm at the Jess McHugh M-C-H-U-G-H. G um, H. I I'm also on Facebook, but um, I don't I, and I have a lot of friend. I don't take too many friend requests. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think, I think a lot of people are facing, you know, kind of moving away from Facebook anyway. Yeah. Um, but, but right now Twitter and Instagram, um, you can also find me at my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash the Jess McHugh. I offer all kinds of tiers from, a uh, dollar to $10 for a dollar. You can get access to all my webworm stories it's the only place the, they are, and there's over a dozen of them on there, so you can read all the madness and try to figure out the puzzle for yourself. And if you figure it out, please tell me.
2: Because you don't know what it is, right?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I, know, know. I know. And you'll never figure it out. <laughs> it's insane. Um, but And then I have... Um, if you go up to $10, I send you a blackout poem in the mail every single month. So it's uh, there's a lot of fun stuff there. You Oh, you can do uh, Entertaining the Neighbors tears for $5. Request any karaoke song and I'll sing it loud and proud so my neighbors will dance
2: along. <laughs> it's no longer pissing off the neighbors, huh?
1: No, I moved.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. And these folks like it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, there's a uh, the guys uh, the people who live next uh, downstairs, uh, the, the guys in a band. So, I don't think they mind as Oh, much. Okay,
2: I got gotcha.
1: you. Uh, but also they're not dicks.
2: Yeah. So. That helps. That helps <laughs> a lot. My neighbors,
1: I was doing it to like piss off my dickish neighbors, but I don't have any <laughs> dickish neighbors here.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it all works out.
1: It, it did works. work out, yes, In the it all does in
2: the end. Well, very cool. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk today and, you know, for letting us do another story of yours this season, like we we try to do every season.
1: Yes, I love you guys so much. Thank you. I, I, I can't tell you. How jazzed I am. Every single every single time I get to hear one of my stories on the Wicked Library. It is just the coolest thing ever. I, I will never get tired of it. Ever. Like when I die, like on my tombstone, it's just gonna be my lineup of stories on the Wicked
2: Library.
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Back and front, baby.
2: That is awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. You're
2: very welcome, and you have a beautiful weekend.
1: Oh, you too. Thanks. Got scores.
2: That's right.